The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. Hello there and welcome to this week's episode of Bring Your Soul to Work. This is Coach Mo Fall. You know, when I was in the corporate world, I went by my uh, formal name, which is Maureen. And um, when I left the corporate world... I was a little bit too young to say I retired, but I guess effectively that's what I did. I decided that I wanted to be more naturally me, the, the, the me that my friends and family called me all my life, which was Mo. So I began sticking with that, and then I got certified as a coach, and so I put coach in front of that. So now we got Coach Mo going on, and what I do in helping women reclaim their careers is to bring insights and truth to things that most people have not heard before, either from their work environment, bosses, coworkers, books, whatever, or, and, or also to lift their souls. Because I found in my career, when I was struggling, it was because I wasn't internally fueled up from my soul's level. And when I got my soul back fired up, shiny, sparkly, and had that connection to my divine regularly maintained, my career took off. I had a pretty good career before all of that happened, but I was internally depleted and struggling and suffering pretty regularly. And today I want to talk about what you can learn from your bosses. Because oftentimes, this is like the adversary at work. And sometimes, when I talk to women on our complimentary career clarity calls, which is the way that you can, we can find out if, if we're a good match for what you need to help you lift your career and your soul, oftentimes, a career is marked specifically by the boss. I talk to women all the time who had a great boss for a while and their career was soaring. And then that boss left. Some cases that that boss died um, or was moved over or that person was moved over to another department and then their career began to suffer. I hear this all the time in our career clarity calls, which tells me one significant thing about that woman's career. And I'll tell you about it in a second. And then sometimes it's marked by having a bad boss or a series of bad and or toxic bosses or toxic work environments. And it's, it's absolutely predictable that if your soul signature out into the field of humanity, if that soul signature is hurt, damaged, feels bad, not enough, fearful, et cetera. If it's full of negative energy, it's going to continue to attract negative. That's the law of attraction. Uh, I didn't invent the law of attraction. There's been thousands of books written about it. But the bottom line is this, your thought feeling energy, even if it's not conscious to your brain, that thought feeling energy that's emanating from your being, 
is going to attract your world. And your world is going to be made up of the perfect attractor of what's going on inside of you. So your only and your best work is to clear your soul's energy and to clear all the junk that's going on in there. And that's a lifelong maintenance, just like it's a lifelong maintenance for you to floss and brush your teeth. I flossed my teeth this morning and it felt really good. It's every now and then it just feels so good to floss your teeth. Eating is a lifelong maintenance. You don't get upset, I don't think, do you? Maybe you do, or that the fact that you have to eat every day more than once. Making your bed, showering, getting your hair cut, your fingernails and toenails. Like our physical body's needs seem to be so much more important than our soul needs. But really, I'm going to tell you this, your soul needs maintenance and hygiene. And if you take it for granted, it is going to get depleted and it is going to be run. Your soul's energy will be run by the external world if you don't build the energy of it up enough that it is the dominant energy that runs you. True fact. And it's verifiable by my personal experience and the experience of over 750 clients I've worked with. And I've spoken to eight times that many people on Clarity Calls. I've heard consistent themes about bosses over and over again. There is not one person who tells me a story about their boss and then tells me a story about their career where I ever say, oh, I've never heard that before. Because there are repeatable, consistent patterns that happen in the world. And this is how I know how to fix it. Because there's really no mysteries in why people's careers aren't working. It might be a mystery to you why your career is not working. And I understand that because perhaps no one ever explained it to you. Perhaps no one ever showed you the truth of what's really going on. And perhaps you've been living to some of the lies that most of us have been told. Lie number one, get a good education and your career will be okay. You've got to get a good education to soar to certain heights in your career, that's for sure. But it's not a passive guarantee, nor is a graduate degree. These are not passive guarantees. Nor is working hard. You can't just work hard and expect that you're going to be picked up and propelled to the next level. Those are all myths and lies that I don't know why they get perpetuated because they absolutely are not true. And yet we cling on to them and then we get surprised when the results aren't there. So I'm going to talk today specifically about what you can learn from your boss, your bosses. If you have a boss right now in your career, why don't you write down three positive characteristics of your boss? Even if they're bad, they have positive characteristics. Trust me, it's true. Three positive characteristics and three negative characteristics. I'm going to think about a boss I had once. The three positive characteristics are a hard worker. I consider that a positive characteristic. 
um, focused. And um, always knew what he wanted. I actually talked about this on my Facebook Live this morning. Negative characteristics. Uh, unemotional. I consider that negative. Uh, rushed. And poor body language. I mean, that's just the beginning. I don't want to get too deep on that. Go ahead and do that for yourself, for either for your current, do it for your current boss if you have a boss. My boss are my clients. <laughs> that's who my boss is now. I've got lots of bosses. And I love when people say, oh, I just want to have my own business and not have a boss. It doesn't work that way. You always have a boss. You always have someone directing and telling you what's expected. All ways. If you're in the work world, for that matter, if you have a relationship, um, there's always someone in the outside world who's going to have input towards you and for you. Um, if you ever think that you're going to live a life and shake that off for once and for all, it's just not going to happen. So you got to manage your expectations on that a bit. But in the traditional world of work, and contribution and putting your gifts and talents into the world to make a living for yourself, to receive financial rewards for being awesome. Typically we have bosses and many of us also have clients. And so what do we learn from our boss? What do we learn from a good boss? What do we learn from a bad boss? And I'm gonna talk a bit about this because Again, I have heard so many stories of women who had a good boss and their career soared, and then that person went away, and their career didn't work out. Like from that point forward. So I'm here to say this. A good boss isn't necessarily a great thing. Because what I see happen is that you rely too heavily on a good boss to pave the way, to open the door, to open the road. And you may not be learning that muscle and those competencies yourself. So if you rely too much on a good boss, you're not building your own skills. You're not building your own visibility. If your career does not move forward because a boss changes, you have made some massive strategic mistakes. No matter what type of role you're in, you should be able to stand on your merits, on your communication style, on your strength as who you are and what you deliver in the work world. And sometimes I see women who we work with and a lot of women who we don't end up working with because they're not really ready to take responsibility. They want to blame a boss or an environment or they didn't get their degree from the right school or whatever it might be. You must take full responsibility for your trajectory in the world. Personally, physically, career-wise. It's up to you to create and craft the world that you want and the life that you want. And that's how you were born. That's how you were born from your divine creator into this world to create your life as you want it to be. But so many of us were pointed in the direction 
of living our life according to other people's whims, desires, rules, dogma, etc. And what happens so often is that if we let the external world dictate who we are, how we are, and how we perceive the world, we are always vulnerable to the outside world. That's not, a, that's not a way to live. It's not a free way to live. It's not a way to live that's going to increase your soul's vibration and your happiness. It's not going to put you in the right place to enjoy your life. There are people on this planet who believe that life is meant to be a struggle and, and pain and agony and challenges. And there are people who treat God's will and God's whim as some type of passive victim status. So whatever God wants for me. God doesn't have a desire for you separate. God's not in heaven, you know, like dictating. So for Sarah Jones, um, we're going to like put a, uh, a bad boss in her life. Let's see how she deals with that. Like that is not what happens. Mo, how do you know that? Maybe God is up there dictating the script of our lives. I don't believe that that is true. I believe we have free will. I believe God created us as free will souls on this planet and that it is up to us to correct the things inside of us that are holding us back from God's divine channel and opening. And for us to be ascending toward and living like God energy, which means we live in a state of love, appreciation, and joy. And the only way for us to get there is to clear up the baggage that is holding that back, which includes thought, feeling, programming, and conditioning that is against our highest version of ourselves. And as human beings, this is the track of life. And it requires constant hygiene, continual daily maintenance, and it requires us to love ourselves and take ourselves seriously and responsibly and, and, and to enjoy the ride. It's not the easiest thing in the world to have a beautiful, bright soul, but it definitely makes life so much better. So a good boss can be a little bit of a crutch for your career. What you should take from a good boss, though, are the attributes that you feel are positive and that feel good to you and emulate those. Do some of those similar things for yourself or for other team members or if you have direct reports. Take the good qualities that you learn and see in others and admire and apply them to you. That's what a good boss can do for you. A good boss can show you and, and model for you how to be a good boss. And if you feel that you have a good boss because they do your work or make your life easier, maybe that's not really a good boss. So consider that a truly good empowering boss is a boss who lifts you up, shows you how to be stronger. Let's go to the bad boss side of the equation. So we typically consider someone who's a bad boss, someone who's critical, micromanaging, negative, lazy, I mean, we can just jot this down. So my, my 
uh, negative and positive attributes about this fictional boss I once had were um, about a boss that wasn't really that great of a boss. And the three positives I came up were hard worker, focused, always knew what he wanted. Negative, unemotional, rushed, and poor body language. So if that's the way your boss is, you're going to have to manage those things. And you're going to have to maximize what goes on in that relationship because it is ultimately up to you to manage your boss. I know. One more thing to do. It is your boss's responsibility to help you and lift you and allow you to, um, to pave the way a little bit so that you can do your job. Each boss brings their own spiritual and personal pluses and minuses to the table. I know there are plenty of times when I was a horrible boss because I was stressed out and under the gun and had deadlines and impossible expectations from my boss, and that just trickles down. Sometimes I was a bad boss because I felt I had to protect myself and I couldn't truly be who I wanted to be with my team members. I had to put on a persona or a mask to be a certain way to survive. And sometimes I was a good boss, empowering my team members, giving them space to learn and grow, pushing them to the next thing, encouraging them to develop, teaching them how to do things that they needed to do to be better at their job. Sometimes that's how I showed up. It depended actually on how empowered I felt. So sometimes a good or bad boss can actually be situational to the environment as well. Have you considered sometimes that your boss, good or bad, may actually be just trying to survive a particular scenario? Uh, I was coaching one of my clients in my leadership academy a few months ago, and she liked her job a lot. She liked her coworkers, and she was a leader with um, a fairly big team reporting to her. And her only real problem was her boss. Sometimes her boss was a nag. Sometimes he was a know-it-all. And sometimes he was someone who completely ignored her. And really, that was the main reason why she wanted to move on and change jobs. But she was always tossing and turning back and forth because ultimately she really liked her job and it was a job she was well suited for, well paid for, and she liked everyone like next to her and beneath her. And as I was coaching her, a lot of it came around boss management. And I taught her a few things around that that sometimes take some consciousness to do and sometimes take some purposefulness and some intention. And oftentimes, if we, had a if we have a bad boss for a period of time, we don't really feel too sympathetic or empathetic toward that person. We start feeling negative feelings toward that person, and that be begins a negative spiral toward our success or lack thereof to work with that person. And I've been there. But I asked her to consider that maybe her boss was going through something. Maybe he was having some personal issues, or maybe things weren't working out for him and his role with his boss. Or perhaps he was personally conflicted or professionally conflicted about something that was showing up. She hadn't even considered that. 
It hadn't even dawned on her that perhaps he was having some issues. And you know, the thing about bosses is they're human beings. I know. I know, just talking about it as a boss just makes it sound so impersonal and like this caricature or this figure that doesn't have a heart and a soul, doesn't have problems, doesn't have you know high blood pressure or a sick dog or maybe a, a, a partner who is upset at something and so that trickles into them or maybe they're going through some type of life crisis. Uh, you just don't know what's truly going on with someone. And it's so easy and quick for us to judge people. And I'm going to explain why that is before we go to break. And then after break, I'm going to talk about some personal examples and what to do in these scenarios and how to leverage a bad boss to help you. When we are in our negative feeling state, so if we have a negative experience, our brain automatically switches into danger mode. And when we automatically switch into danger mode, our brain does certain things that shut down a lot of really cool parts of our brain that function in our optimal level, but that are turned off when we're in danger. Empathy, creativity, problem solving, imagination, all of these get turned off when we're under stress. Aren't those the exact things that we actually probably need more of when we're under stress? But here's the reason why that happens. Your brain was built in the prehistoric era, and it's changed very little. The pieces of our brains that have changed from prehistoric areas are the prefrontal cortex, which is the big part that gets shut down when we're under stress. When we're under stress, we go into survival mode, and literally our sight, our actual physical vision, becomes less because certain parts of our brain and our uh, sides of our brain get shut down. Your body is trying to protect itself from attack, and in the 21st century, stress is not really attacking like it used to be back in the day, back in the prairie, back when we had to hunt and gather and kill things and know who was friend or foe because we really had death threats every single day on the prairie. So since our brain is built in the prehistoric era and our life is in the 21st century with technology and people and data and information coming at us 24-7, it is ill-equipped for us to handle things like a bad boss because your brain goes into survival mode and what you need to do to navigate bad boss problem is to be more empathetic and open and creative and imaginative. And where you can find these things, if your brain is shut down, is in your soul. The energy of your beingness can help you access these things. And most people are living in their heads. And they are shut off from the beautiful energy and genius that they can access in their soul. When you're tapped into your soul, you're tapped into all resources of the divine. And this is the secret recipe I have for 
the women I work with in my workshop. I give them tools, techniques, and coaching on how to access their divine. Because it's only through that that you can navigate some of the difficulties that you're going to encounter in the workplace with bosses, coworkers, having to finish reports, managing your time, being energized and engaged, all the things that you need to be successful at work come best from your divine source, from your soul. And this is the secret ingredient that I found that notched my career forward in amazing ways. My last two roles, I was happier and more successful, more productive, better teams, more engagement. I built two, I helped build two big companies at, at records, record pace because I helped develop people. And I was in my zone of genius and I was allowing myself to be awesome. I was allowing myself to be tapped into my divine sense of self. This is how I came across the absolutely fantastic formula that I have in my 12-week transformational kick-ass workshop. It's not by chance that I put this together. It's by my own personal hard work and finding the right gears and the right keys to open and unlock the magical door. How I do this and what I do, I explain in my free webinar that you can access by going to this website, it's mofall.com slash masterclass. That'll get you to a page that says, hey, join my masterclass webinar, click on these times. And there's usually uh, two or three times that you can select, pick a time and take notes, pick a time for the webinar and take some notes. And if you like what you hear and you really need some help, that's when you book a complimentary career clarity call. When you book that call, you're going to be talking to one of my career breakthrough strategists who is absolutely skilled at helping uncover and understand what's really going on in your career and help diagnose what the real problem is. And it's only at that point that we can really decide and determine together whether there's the right fit of the work that we do and what is going on for you. And then we can talk about that and you can access your clarity call by going to mofall.com slash give me clarity. That's mofall.com slash give me clarity. If you want to peruse my videos, client interviews, and other resources at mofall.com, feel free to visit my website. I'll be right back talking about good and bad bosses and what to do about them right after the break. This is Coach Mofall, mofall.com. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. You know the secret to that tagline, love your work and your life? It is to love yourself. That's how you love your work in your life, by loving yourself. And your creator wants you to feel that. So before we get into the second half of this, what you can learn from your boss, I want you to appreciate yourself right now. I want you to take time 
to appreciate three awesome aspects of who you are. And I want you to write those down because when you write things down, they, it like seals it in at a deeper level. So go ahead and write down three awesome aspects of yourself. And get into a daily habit of appreciating you. There's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it's wrong not to. And why do I say that? Because you are created to be awesome. You are created in the likeness of image of your creator. And if you can't hang out with your awesomeness, what is that saying to the creator? I don't like what you created. Ugh, that's not cool. So get aligned with your awesomeness because you were born and made on this planet in this experience as a human being right now to be an awesome version of a human being. That's how you were born. You may not feel that way every single minute. You may not feel that way a lot. You may not really totally believe what I'm saying to you. It may be far away from the conditioning and programming and the experiences that you've embedded into your soul that have convinced you otherwise. I understand that. But I'm telling you that your creator loves you and appreciates you and wants you to feel good. Well, then why did all this bad stuff happen to me? All the bad stuff happened to you to help you get stronger, and you chose to be a victim versus use it as strength building. That's it. You were given all kinds of stuff to get stronger, and you chose to choke it down as poison. So, three awesome things about yourself, and now you might be feeling a little crappy that you don't feel that great all the time. So here's the thing. You need to forgive yourself. One of the most amazing, easiest to use forgiveness exercises ever is taken from the ancient Hawaiian practice of Ho'oponopono. And it is very simply four statements. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. You can say it in any order. That's the order I choose to say it in. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So as you look down those three attributes of wonderfulness that you wrote about yourself, I want you to put your hands on your heart. And if you can say this aloud, please do it. Let's repeat the Ho'oponopono five times. And allow your heart to be lifted. And when you say it, the first thing that your brain is going to go is, should I be focusing on me or someone else? I want you to focus on you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Don't you just feel better? Now, while you were saying that, maybe someone came to mind. Maybe someone came on your heart. You can say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you all day long. You can focus on someone else. You can focus on yourself. 
You can think about a time where you said something or were a certain way and you didn't like it. You can think about a time when you were a little kid and you did something that you still feel a little shame about. Or perhaps something happened to you that had you feel shame or guilt. Anything that comes up in your awareness to be cleared out. Because all that stuff in there that needs to be cleared out is showing up in your life indirectly, but it's direct attractor pattern. And your job as a human being on this planet is to clear as much of that junk up out of your soul so that you can emanate from a place of awesomeness, of love, appreciation, joy, and clarity every single minute of your life. And if you're not there, all that means is you have work to do on your soul. You have some whole soul hygiene. I'm sure from time to time you've had some food stuck in your teeth and you had to floss extra hard or brush a couple of times more. Or use a toothpick or something else to get that junk out of there. Because you know ultimately that food stuck between your teeth is going to cause decay. So dark energy of feelings of shame and guilt, repressed anger, frustration, fear, all of that causes the soul to decay, like food stuck in your teeth. And you don't want that soul to decay. You don't, because life gets miserable. As your soul decays, it creates a different attractor pattern than your most awesome self. Don't you want to live in a space where you're in your soul's alignment and you feel awesome about who you are? And you therefore get attracted to the people, places, things, and experiences that are attracted to that awesome energy because you're living in that zone. That's what is possible for each and every human being on this planet. And what our experiences are that cause our growth or that challenge us to grow, it's not really worth judging. It's just worth growing through. Just keep learning and growing. Just keep flossing your soul. Please don't get into the habit of saying, why me? How come I have to do this? Just just please don't do that. It's a really bad addiction. And it is an addiction because what it does is it connects you to negative dark energy. So just stop that habit for your own sake. And a bad boss is going to come into your life from time to time, even if you're freaking awesome. Because even when you're freaking awesome, you're going to still need lessons to grow. All the best athletes still go into the gym and lift weights and exercise to build their muscles. They still run fast on treadmills and do all sorts of crazy stuff in the gym to keep strong so that they can play the game. And you're going to work harder in the gym than you do in the game. But if you put the work in at the gym, the game's going to be easy and fun and exciting for you. If you don't work in the gym, the game is going to take you out. That's what the best, most successful athletes have figured out. That if they work hard by building their strength and their skills... The game is easy. The game is fun. The game is desired. The game is something to look forward to. Why do you not look forward to your game of life and career? 
because you haven't built your muscle and your strength. And I'm here to tell you that your boss is one of the biggest teachers for you. I know it doesn't seem that way, but your boss is your going to the gym. What do you need to exercise and get stronger about and for so that you can then show up to the next level, so that you can be the next level of professional that you are? Your boss is your teacher. Now, they don't mean to be. (laughs) Most bosses just kind of show up to do their work just like you do. Not all of them are tuned in and, 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 and aware and woke. If you have one of those, you're awesomely blessed. So it's up to you to decide the perspective, the attitude, and the meaning you're going to have around having a good or a bad boss. I mentioned earlier before the break, that a good boss can be tricky because sometimes what you perceive to be a good boss could be someone who's preventing you from growing because they're that good at opening the door, leading the way, showing you, empowering you, and giving you specific directions. But you need to peel away from that so that you can develop your own sense of self and your own skills and be visible without your boss. Just like growing up, Once you go to high school, your parents have less involvement when if you go off to college, less than, and when you get on your own and start living your own life, it's up to you. So let's talk about the bad boss because that's always the big enigma here. I wrote six characteristics of a potential bad boss, hypothetical, (laughs) three positive and three negative. And what I want you to do is to do those as well. If you're listening earlier, hopefully you wrote it down when I said to do that so that you'd have some time to to truly think and reflect about these words. Because when we write things down, uh, it begins to resonate with us. And you've created some mental pictures or some examples or some evidence in your memory around these traits. And again, my three positive traits for my potential bad boss were hard work focused and always knew what he wanted. And the negative ones were unemotional, rushed and poor body language. So I could focus on the fact that this boss was a hard worker, was focused and always knew what he wanted and have an easier time navigating because that means that as someone who reports to this boss, I don't have to guess where he's at. I don't have to, um, pretend to navigate something. So if he's focused and always knows what he wants, it's easy for me to tap into that person and understand what I need to do to satisfy that boss. So those are the positive traits, and that's why those traits are positive. And since he's a hard worker, usually hard workers like other people to be hard workers and to demonstrate that their level of work ethic that is equal to theirs. That was... Never a problem for me. The negative side is unemotional, rushed, and poor body language. Now, here's the interesting thing about both the positive attributes and the negative attributes. I'm judging. These are my assessment of positive and negative attributes. Someone else with that same exact boss will probably have three different positives and three different negatives. And there might be some people who would have 
all negative and some people who might have all positive and couldn't even come up with the other side of things. So we always judge other people based on our own filters. So why do I judge that it's negative for this person to be unemotional, rushed, and poor body language? Mm, now you're onto something, Mo. I judge those as negative because I like to emotionally connect with people. I like to have time with people. And I interpret body language all the time as just a natural way of me like connecting with people and just getting to know who they are. Body language is important to me. It's important to a lot of women. Women, by the very nature of the fact that estrogen is the dominant, one of the dominant hormones in our bodies, and it is when we're young, we have a superhero power of interpreting body language. We have a superhero power of wanting to connect with people and feel that that's the most meaningful part of life. If you're married to someone who has mostly estrogen in their body, they probably th perceive things differently than you. If you have a male boss and you're a female, there's probably some of that going on as well. What you perceive to be valuable as a human being is different because you're a female with estrogen. And Men who have testosterone as their dominant uh, hormone are wired differently. Physiologically, it just does different things to the brain. So they're the centers that are lit up and that are important for them and that are driving their behavior are different than ours. So if you have a male-female uh, boss-subordinate relationship, that's part of the navigation. More than likely, it's a significant part of it. And there's no right or wrong here. It's how this universe is put together. And there are some people, males and females, who have navigated more of a holistic view of how they are and their personalities, and they have begun to bleed into the other traits of masculine and feminine and have more of a holistic human personality. But that's not for everyone, and it isn't what everyone's deal is, and that's just what it is. So if I perceive my boss to not be emotional, be rushed, and have poor body language, it's up to me to navigate that. It's not up to me to sit there and go, I can't believe my boss is so unemotional and rushed and doesn't have good body language. What does that mean to me? He must not like me. He must not value me. He must not like think that I'm very worth his time. I could go there if I wanted to, but victim, victim, victim is just going to get me more bullshit and more negative energy. That attractor pattern is not where I want to go. So what I want to do is navigate this, and I want to be at a place where I, as a human being, am not vulnerable to someone else's negative traits. That's freedom. If I let a bad boss's negative traits alter who I am and how I feel about myself, I have just given that person ultimate power over me, and that's no good. Your creator did not put you on this earth to have other people have power over you. But if you choose that interpretation and if you choose that level of victim status, it is yours. It's yours for the choosing. So my role as a human being is to be above and to manage this problem. And it's up to me to learn this because it's in front of me right now. 
It is my responsibility to learn this problem. Because if I go into victim status on it, I have just taken my attractor pattern into the negative zone and I am guaranteed to have other negative attractor patterns and experiences attracted to me and that's what my career will begin to look like and I'll have more and more of it as I focus more and more on that. But if I take these negative interpretations that I have of my boss and I use them to learn and develop my skills and my quote-unquote muscle so that this is not a problem for me, I have just taken the lesson. And remember, when you take God's lessons, you get God's blessings. So I want to take this lesson and I want to be stronger than the external event and situation and I want to then leap over this lesson so it doesn't have to come up again for me to learn and I can now navigate a higher level of freedom. That's what your bad boss is there for you. So you can thank your bad boss right now. So let's talk about this. Again, my three negative traits that I perceive that this bad boss had. Unemotional, rushed, and poor body language. Now, given that, every time I would meet with this person, I would feel tense. Because I would feel that he didn't have time for me. He didn't care about me. And it was all not important. He showed it to me in being non-emotional. He showed it to me in being rushed. And he showed it to me in body language. Is it possible that this person was just all about what they wanted to do and their focus and they always knew what they wanted and from time to time didn't have the same value system of me coming in to communicate something? And maybe his own impatience level wanted me, wanted, he wanted me to just not come to him with anything. Some people are bosses like that, like don't come to me with anything figured out. But that's not something you want to like go by because every boss has to be managed and every boss has to have expectations managed because if you're responsible for stuff for that person you got to communicate so i could choose to not interpret these negative perceptions and i could choose to be in a meeting that i perceive to be important that i had relevant information to share with him that I knew was important for him. Maybe he didn't understand or know it, but it's my job to explain it. And if I choose not to take the signals of him being rushed, unemotional, or poor body language, if I choose not to take those signals as meaning anything except that's his personality trait, it has nothing to do with me. He didn't just start being unemotional, rushed, and poor body language because of me. So why would I personalize that? Because human beings do that. So if I go in not personalizing his personality, and I know what I have to get done and the agenda I have and what's important for me to communicate to him so that I can do my job better and he can do his job better, that is the highest value. And you have to be really clear as your professional person in the world, what you need to do to have your best self and your best outcome. And you cannot let a bad boss or their personality dictate to you how you're going to be or how you're going to feel. And that's true freedom. And I know it sounds simpler to say than it is to do. I've done it. 
I've navigated these things in real life for 30 years. I know what I'm talking about. I understand the challenge. I understand being stressed out and having a boss that you don't quite get along with perfectly and you have that and it just exasperates you and then you have to share information and have a productive conversation. You don't feel up to it. I get it. I've also run marathons and I get what it feels like at that 25th mile. I get it. But if you want to have a better life, you've got to take the lesson Hear me say this to you. Your bad boss is giving you lessons to get stronger. You think Tom Brady is hoping that he doesn't have a strong defense in front of him coming at him for a game on a Sunday? That would be ridiculous. He can't show up as the best quarterback or as the best version of him if he doesn't have a defense that's challenging. He wouldn't even have fun playing that game. So why don't you look at it that way? Okay, I got a strong defense. I'm the quarterback. I'm going to make the play. I'm going to win the game. Why can't you interpret that as that? Come on now. You can do that. So if you've got a bad boss with an unemotional, rushed, and poor body language, negative traits, here's what you do. You be you. You communicate what you need to communicate. And you don't overinterpret their personality as something personal. And you enjoy the process because then you're saying to yourself the whole time you're in that meeting, look at me. I'm not paying attention to that ravaging defense. Ha, 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 ha. I can just be me and do my thing and be awesome. Look at how cool I am. Look at how free I am. Look at how wonderful I am as a soul in a wonderful job with a great boss who's teaching me how to be independent of the external events in my world and in my life. Wow, I can't wait to use this at home when I don't have to have my spouse or my kids' bad attitudes turn me into someone with a bad attitude. Wow, this is awesome. Think of the gains of that. Imagine all of the beautiful freedom and the soul shining that you get out of that experience. And when you practice it over and over again, ah, you're so cool as a human. Oh, my God. It's awesomeness. So whether it's a good boss or bad boss, you learn how to be you and a stronger version of you no matter what. When you have a good boss, you have to step into your power even though they're doing stuff to make it easier for you. When you have a bad boss, you have to step into your power even though their way of being is turning you in the wrong way. And you got to not get turned in the wrong way and be you anyway. And you're going to get stronger either way. But if you let the good boss or the bad boss influence and affect who you are and how you are, you lose. You lose. And you don't get the lesson and you don't get the blessing. That's how that rolls. I want to share with you a comment, a quote, actually, from an author who I absolutely adore and love. His name is James Clear. And he wrote a book, I believe it was last year, called Atomic Habits. If you have not read that book, I strongly suggest it. He has all the psychological tricks on how you can embed beautiful habits that help you build the life that you want. Now, look, I just did a Facebook Live on how reading books doesn't change your life, and I, and I mean that. But there are some great books that when you apply them, integrate them, and it's not just an intellectual exercise of reading. It can move your life forward. 
truly changing your life means that you're committed to transformation and you're committed to taking lessons and that's your lifestyle. So here's his, his quote that I picked up from his email this morning. Feel compliments as deep as you feel insults. Mm, what a concept. Now, there's a, a certain element that that doesn't ring true in true spiritual freedom because true spiritual freedom is that a compliment or an insult should basically be neutral to you because you are in your own zone feeling awesome and feeling your divinity no matter what is said or what is happening outside of you. However, the comment is interesting because most of us feel insults deep sting, but a compliment's kind of like, oh, thanks. So consider for yourself today being independent of the good or bad outside of you, but at the same time, give yourself credit for being strong enough and worthy enough to take compliments and to see the good and to appreciate it and to feel awesome. This is Coach Mofall. I help women find their souls and resuscitate them and bring them back to life so they can bring them to work with them. And that is your true power in life is your soul. When we weave that into your career path, when we weave that into your professional competency, we can help you up-level and upgrade your career and your life. There's been a few women who have found my work through this radio show and so I love the audience here. Mofall.com slash give me clarity gets you started with a deep conversation with my team. Let's get your bring your soul to work rocking and rolling so you can land your dream job and live the life your divine creator intended for you. Let's get that going. We'll see you next time. Coach Mofall, Mofall.com. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on The Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.